It's another one. I got that juice, juice. New AP. She got that juice, juice, juice. She got that squeeze, squeeze. She got that wet, wet. I'm on them skis. I got that drip, drip. I'm overseas. Hello everyone, I am Bruce Argel, and this is another episode of The Juice. On a Tuesday night, uh, our first losing Tuesday on The Juice so far this season, uh, and I come into this episode disgusted. Yeah, I said it, I am disgusted. You want to know why? For starters, I lost out on another hypothetical pick four parlay. Yes, and you want to know how I lost out on it? More BS. More bullshit. I picked the Chiefs. No, I picked the Packers to beat the Chiefs. I picked the Giants to beat the Raiders. Win. I picked the Chargers to beat the Eagles. Win. I picked the Cardinals to beat the 49ers without Kyler Murray and D-Hop. Win. What's the one game that I lost out on? Oh, the Packers losing the Chiefs, and I made that bet before Aaron Rodgers got COVID. Yeah. It's, that's two straight weeks. That's 300 hypothetical dollars that could have been in my hypothetical Venmo. But instead, it's in someone else's hands. Because the Bengals decided to lose to Mike White, and Aaron Rodgers got COVID. And I'll get into that. Honestly, let's get into it right now. I don't even know if I want to call this segment Troll Juice. But I'm going to call it... I, this is Defending Juice. So, I uh, I was a part of the... I think I was a part of the uh, a smaller group of people on Twitter that liked what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show on Friday. I thought that Aaron Rodgers was incredibly thoughtful, truthful... I thought his reasonings, some of them a little bizarre. I'll get into the stuff that I, I'll get into the few stuff that I didn't like out of the interview, but I thought he was thoughtful, truthful, very honest. And he said, and he said what, he said a lot of things I liked. But the left and sports media in general didn't like what he had to say. And that's fine. He probably expected that. He's, he didn't get the vaccine. I don't have the vaccine. I have friends that don't have... I have some friends that don't have the vaccine. Not a lot, but uh, I don't see a reason to. I'm, a, I'm an 18-year-old kid. Getting the vaccine caused my mother a lot of uh, a lot of sickness, so why should I get it? I don't, I'm not going to get... COVID ain't going to kill me. It's, it's just as simple as that. So I don't see a reason to get it right now. But I, maybe I will in the future. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't have it. He's a uh, He's allergic to two of them. He's allergic to Moderna and Pfizer, and he doesn't trust Johnson and Johnson. And there was a lot of stuff that went into his reasoning for not trusting Johnson and Johnson. Some things that I didn't like uh, from the interview, uh, saying that you got advice from Joe Rogan. Well, well, I cannot stress this enough. That is not the only person that he went to for advice on COVID, on what, on what he should do with his body. Those are not the only people. He went to multiple doctors and multiple researchers, and he has his own medical team that put together a boatload of research to figure out what was best for this man's body. And he added Joe Rogan, which was not a good idea, because then 
you know, the, 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 the left in sports media kind of nitpicks what he says and then takes out that one part and they're like, oh, now they, then they run with it. And Joe, and Joe Rogan, obviously not a guy that most people would get medical advice from just cause you know, he's, he's not, he's not a doctor and people, people hated that and people slandered him for getting advice from Joe Rogan. Even Pat McAfee was holding back like laughs, which is fine. And then the other stuff about, like, fertility, like, he loses fertility. I really haven't heard much about that, about, like, it affecting your, it, it affecting, like, your fertility rates, and Roger says he wants to be a father. So, eh, maybe, maybe that was a little far-fetched. I'm not sure. I don't really read into the vaccines. All I know is I'm just not getting it right now. Anyways, the things that I liked. Aaron Rodgers said that he is in the crosshairs of the quote-unquote woke mob, which is absolutely 100% true. This cancel culture that we have in America where you say one thing and you're immediately just like, we got to find a way to bring you down because of that one thing you said. It happened with Josh Hader. He gets some success. He's in the All-Star game and then he, people find one of his tweets and people don't like it. So, then you look at Aaron Rodgers, what he says when he, you know, saying that he doesn't want to get vaccinated people want to cancel him for that, and that's, I don't understand it, he, I mean, sorry, my brother's in here with me, but it kind of, kind of lost track of what I was saying, but as I was saying, people, if you, if you're a athlete in this NFL, and you say you're not going to get vaccinated, you better be doing everything in your power to make it look like you still care about the disease, and basically Aaron Rodgers, the way he talked on the interview with Pat McAfee, he really sounded like he wasn't afraid of it, and people just don't like that, and he knew the repercussions he would have for coming out in that interview. He said, I know like people aren't going to like what I say, and he respects everyone's opinion, but this is the best interest, this is what's in the best interest for his body, which is completely fair, and again, nobody knows Aaron Rodgers' body better than Aaron Rodgers, so I guess if you have a huge problem with him not getting the vaccine, that is just completely unfair. Aaron Rodgers is a professional athlete. Aaron Rodgers knows his body better than anyone else. Like, his body is the only thing keeping him in the NFL. The only thing making him money. It's his body. And eventually it'll break down and eventually he'll have to retire. So he's got to make sure his body is up to standard for as long as he can make it up to standard. So, if you have a problem not getting him not getting vaccinated, he has his reasons, and he said those reasons. Now, the other thing that I want to bring up is the way he misled the press and his protocols. He said that he has followed every protocol to a T outside of not wearing a mask in press conferences. While I do agree with Aaron that wearing a mask during a press conference while you're in a room with a bunch of reporters that are vaccinated and are masked up and you have to wear a mask that really does make no sense. And that's just kind of, that's just the rules that the NFL has put down to make themselves look good. And I can understand that, I guess, but he's fair. He shouldn't have to wear one, but those are the rules. So he did break that protocol. And the other protocol that he didn't mention, which I'm shocked he didn't cause he's been, hasn't been doing this. He hasn't been wearing a mask on the sidelines. And I don't know how many players in the Packers are vaccinated. But again, that probably went along with what 
He said in Pat McAfee, when you're around people that are vaccinated and you get, took a negative test, why should you have to wear a mask? So this is kind of Aaron Rodgers being kind of defiant. You know, him saying, like, I'm, I'm, I don't care about your rules. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's what a lot of people don't like about him. He just, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what he has to say. He just, he just goes out and says what's on his mind. And sometimes people don't like that. Maybe it was the reason that Trump didn't get elected. So, reelected, sorry. So yeah, he, and then, and then the other thing, quoting MLK, why do people think that that's just like the textbook definition of white privilege? He quoted MLK. Everyone's quoted, people have quoted everyone. Now, MLK's reasoning behind the quote is because of, you know, what he went through, but Aaron Rodgers, he's just using the quote in a different context. I really don't see the reason why the quote, why Aaron Rodgers just, like, people think he's, automatically thinks he's Mike Martin Luther King. No, he quoted, he quoted him because that is, a, it's a great quote. That's what he did. So, yeah, there we go. And then, I guess, the last thing I want to talk about for this whole thing is, the media really doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I have really yet to see one person from the sports media, whether it's from anyone on FS1 or ESPN, no one really defend him. And that's fine, and that, that's expected, because if you're going to go out and defend Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to go up against 20 other left-wing sports media people that are going to you know, say that you're stupid, and you're going to try to look dumb because you got a bunch of people ganging up on you. So maybe there's some people that do defend him, but that they're that's that's, un, that's outside of closed doors. So that's 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 the thing. Any time Aaron Rodgers maybe does something a different way, you know, he went out and called out the he went and called out his his organization in a 20 minute press conference. There were media people that didn't like that. People want. There's a lot of media people that just want their quarterbacks to be like Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and, you know, Peyton Manning, guys that just play it by the book, you know, do what they're told, just go out there and play football. That's really all they want them to do. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be that. Aaron wants Aaron Rodgers wants to be more than a football player. So why do people have a problem with that? He has, has he made some mistakes in press conferences? Yes. But he's incredibly intelligent. He says everything he says Everything he says, he says what he thinks about, and he spews it out. And when he says immunized, there should have been a follow-up question. People should have followed up with, what do you mean by immunized? Then he would have told you the truth. And he takes takes full responsibility saying that if he misled people, which he did, people thought he was vaccinated and he wasn't. But then again, why does that matter if people think he's vaccinated when... The NFL knows he's not vaccinated. The Packers know he's not vaccinated. Why does it matter what we think? He didn't lie. The people he lied to don't matter. He lied to reporters and he lied to fans. And and not lied. Misled fans, reporters, and the media. But they, they don't matter when it comes to this COVID process for vaccinated and unvaccinated. The only people that matter that should know if he's vaccinated or unvaccinated is his team and the NFL, and they knew. And then people complaining about, you know, how the NFL should be punished too because they let him get away with this stuff. You know, not wearing a mask in press conferences or sidelines. To be honest, we live in a world in sports where if you're the star player of your team and you're the, yeah, 
even a star quarterback, which is the most important position in all of sports, being a star quarterback, it's you're going to get some passes. And he's getting Aaron Rodgers got a pass. So you can be mad about it all you want, but that's the reality of sports in our world. So I don't know why people are shocked. And that's really all i got to say. And I guess one last thing I'd have to say about this is keep pissing Aaron Rodgers off. I want to see the media piss Aaron Rodgers off because when Aaron Rodgers plays pissed off, that's when he's at his best. And there, and I really hope he can shut everyone up. Like, yeah, I'm not vaccinated. Let me drop 300. Let me drop 300 yards and four touchdowns on you. I would love to see that. I wonder what the reaction is going to be when he runs out on the field on, on Sunday because he'll be playing. He'll be playing. All right, so Sunday was an interesting game. Uh, it was a game that if Aaron Rodgers is playing, Packers win by, I feel like, at least two scores. But instead, Jordan Love was playing, and we lost by a score. The defense played so well, and the offense was so stagnant, and it really makes me wonder if this operation between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur it's more of a 60-40 operation rather than 50-50. I mean, I have never seen a LaFleur offense look like that. Just so out of sorts. And I guess I have a few takeaways to say from that game. It's on my Twitter, but I'll go over them right now. And I'll start with Jordan Love. I thought Jordan Love, I think Jordan Love might be the easiest quarterback to game plan against in NFL history. You bring six and he's done. Yes, it was his first start, but he looked nervous. Missed a lot, and we didn't see anything impressive from that special arm we heard about in his draft profile. And pre-snap, somehow couldn't read when the Chiefs were bringing the house and checked to more protection. Now, I'm not saying the checking stuff is all on Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur fully stated that this game was squarely on him, and that's something that a, that a, a coach would say. But uh, Jordan Love had to be better, and he wasn't. I mean, they would the Chiefs literally, you knew what they were doing on every third down. They were bringing a zero blitz. And instead of taking the easier throw, Jordan Love almost every time would just throw it up in the air and hope that Reynolds Cobb or Devontae has to make a play. And a couple throws that I want to look back at that I thought Jordan Love would at least hit on one of them were three throws to Devontae Adams that I felt should have been you know, either were not well-placed at all or should have been thrown a little differently. And I'll go over them. So, whenever Devontae Adams is single-covered, you throw to him. It's just it's just how, it, when you're as talented as he is, you need to give it the ball to your best, to that type of guy when he's single-covered. And three times that I remember vividly that were just awful throws by Love, and I really didn't think Jordan Love had a bad day um, with decision-making, I thought he actually had good pocket presence. Those are the two things that I could take away from him. I really didn't think he made a bad read outside of the pick that Tyron Matthew dropped, but he was a very inaccurate. Uh, on the pick, the pick to the Jerry Sneed, Devontae Adams, it's third down. Devontae Adams is running a route that he runs that he runs all, uh, plenty, plenty of times. He's in the slot, He's just gonna run a little, little, kind of. He's just gonna run a little streak, and then he's gonna kind of fade to the sideline. And Aaron Rodgers is usually hits him on the back shoulder throw, throw that has been patented patented by Aaron Rodgers. And the ball, instead of throwing it back shoulder, 
just was incredibly hot, was incredibly high, and didn't even really, didn't even really get in Devontae Adams' catch radius, and it was just a right into Legere Sneed's hands. A play that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers make in their sleep ended up being a pick going the other way, and that was one throw that stuck out. And then the other throw that stuck out to me was a was a uh, fourth down play. Chiefs bring looked like seven to be honest, and Devontae Adams is literally one on one, and that is Aaron always Aaron Rodgers' first read. If he's one on one, I'm throwing to him. And they were bringing they were bringing a zero blitz, so Devonta Jordan Love had to get the ball out quick, and he did. But the ball was five yards behind Devontae Adams. That ball also needs to be back shoulder. He's playing the inside. You hit him back shoulder. That's what Aaron Rodgers does every single day in practice. How have you, could you not have hit one of those? If he gets it, the drive keeps going. The ball's at around the 35, and the Packers potentially score or get three. But with how the special teams played, can't even really guarantee that. So you need to score. And then the last throw that I have to remember that I remember was a what people would call a Stevie. Devonta Adams is covered, but again, he was one on one. You give him a chance. Jordan Love didn't give him a chance. Jordan Love, I believe Jer- it was Lejerry Sneed again. He was playing Devonta Adams' hip. He's just right in front of him, plastering him. That ball needs to be higher up and in Devonta Adams' uh, catch radius. Instead, it was basically thrown right to LeJarius Sneed's chest. And if you can picture this, Devonta Adams is close to the sideline. LeJarius Sneed is playing the inside, and he's just right in front of him. And when you're throwing right to LeJarius Sneed's chest, nine times out of ten, he's going to pick it, but he didn't there. So, those are three throws that stuck out to me. On three times that Devonta Adams was single covered, you have to be able to hit on one of those, and he did not. Now, let's talk about Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur didn't have this team ready to play. Love's inability to make this offense look at least somewhat what it looks like with Rodgers is an indictment on LaFleur and Love. The play calls on the six-man blitzes just weren't good plays for blitzes like that. Also, abandoning the run while Dylan and Jones are running perfectly well was interesting. I thought Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon needed way more touches. They were both running the ball incredibly, incredibly well. They were getting at least four yards a carry, so I'm not sure why he abandoned the run game when he had... Again, a quarterback that has so much weight on his shoulders in his first start. I thought they'd, I thought they'd throw like 20 times. Instead, they threw 35 times. I think it was. So what's the deal with, what's the deal, Lafleur? Why did you just imba- abandon the run? You have two great running backs. They're both running very well, and you abandoned them. That was interesting. And then on the blitzes, this is one of the first things Lafleur pointed out in his press conference that he had to create, he had to call better plays against the Blitzes, not calls that uh, were longer plays. You know, he called a lot of vertical plays when those Blitzes were given up, when those Blitzes were going on. And when those Blitzes went on, Love would wait, and he would just immediately get hit. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you do call plays that are a little shorter get the ball out quicker, maybe a pick play or two. Because when you bring in a zero blitz, there's nobody in the middle of the field. It's just one-on-one for every receiver on the field, not even safeties. You literally just got to get the ball out and do a quick slant, any just in, a quick out, anything quick. That's what the that's what the game plan really should have been all day. There really shouldn't have been many um, deep passes. Maybe you actually 
just go completely west coast and set up the deep pass with short plays, but we didn't do that. So yeah, that's an indictment on the floor. He looked a big reason that the offense didn't look like it would with Rodgers is because Lafleur's offense is something that I wouldn't even see with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Just very, very strange. Uh, and yeah, not a great day for Matt Lafleur. Let's keep going, shall we? Uh, pass protection I thought was pretty bad. Uh, while it's not the offensive line's fault that the Chiefs bring seven, when the Chiefs would bring four, Love would many times be under duress. And being a young QB in his first start, that's not ideal. Dave Bakhtiari needs to be back as quick as possible. And I think he will be. I think he'll be back on Sunday. They need to activate him tomorrow or else he'll be out for the season. But LaFleur said he doubts that'll happen. So he should be activated and could be ready to go on Sunday. Now, my big issue with the Pats protection was uh, the interior. Chris Jones played an amazing game, and Frank Clark, I thought, had a very good game too. Both guys that you really need to prioritize stopping, and two guys that I really think this offensive line shouldn't make them go Aaron Donald on them. Chris Jones is a great player, but that's just one guy. Frank Clark, I don't think, is anything crazy. So why are you... Why are you not stopping at least one of them? And Chris Jones played an incredible game. Uh, Royce Newman kind of got exposed. John Runyon didn't play all that great. I thought Billy Turner had some moments where he was a little off, and then Elton Jenkins played good, but that's one guy that you can always expect to have a good game. So, yeah, the pass protection was very interesting. I've never seen that much pressure in the last... Maybe in the last... Since the Saints game, I really have not seen any that bad of protection and it's and it's when Jordan loves at the helm like you need to be able to give him some more time and they didn't but again we get Bakhtiari back and we're going to be able to switch the defense around uh, the offensive line around maybe kick Royce Newman out move uh, John Runyon to right guard Elton Jenkins back to left guard Billy Turner at right tackle Lucas Patrick at center and maybe we'll get Josh Myers back and we'll have the offensive line at full health and then the defense defense was unreal while they didn't force a turnover, they still made some incredible plays. Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos are money. They're both so reliable with their ball skills and ability to tackle. Chris Barnes made plays all game with crunching hits and excellent run stuffs. Devondre did his thing as well, like he always does. Really hasn't had a bad game out this year outside of the Saints game. Uh, Rashawn and Preston are still animals. Even though they didn't light up the stat sheet with sacks, the edge rush is still excellent. Secondary being down Stokes and still Jair played fantastic. Holding Terry Kill to a quiet game deserves a round of applause. Really, I did. I, I was worried when Eric Stokes went out because I just did not see a corner that would be able to run with Tyreek, and they and Tyreek was held up. And honestly, Travis Kelsey was held up. So I really, I really should have no pro. I really have no issues with the defense. They made Tra- Patrick Mahomes sweat, and that is exactly what you want to do and they did that and we held them to 13 points and the Chiefs offense while struggling you hold Patrick Mahomes who's arguably the best quarterback in football to 13 points that's always going to be impressive and they still have Tyreek Hill they still have Travis Kelsey they still have Meikle Hartman they still have a good old line a decent old line I shouldn't say good decent but you you got to give credit where credit is due this defense played amazing, and they kept us in the game. I mean, just I, it was. I'm gonna be honest. I never remembered many Packer games where you're just forcing punt after punt after punt. 
that's just, I was so happy to see it, and I feel like we finally have our defense. Last year's defense had kind of looked like it was hitting its stride, and then, you know, Tom Brady lights us up a couple times, and then obviously the year before that, we get, could not stop the run. I feel like this defense is finally complete, and we still don't have our top two players on defense. I cannot stress that enough. We'll be getting Z back, and we'll be getting Jair back, and it's going to be scary. Uh, special teams, get it together. That's all I got to say. Corey Bjorquez, maybe you shouldn't be holding because those laces are not where they have to be. And uh, Amari Rodgers, I mean, just get... Punt returns are... You realize how rare rare a punt return touchdown is? Punt return touchdowns, it's very rare that a, that a, you, that you need a certain guy back there that you feel like can break one off just by himself. No, most of the time a punt return touchdown is just perfectly blocked and it's just kind of a freak thing. You don't need a crazy athlete like Amari Rodgers out there. You just need a guy who can catch. That's it. So, if you want to kick Amari Rodgers out, that's fine. Put Randall Cobb back there. I don't care. All right. Overall, I don't know how I can I don't know how I can be pleased with this L, but I am. Against Patrick Mahomes, the defense dominated. We got to remember this. Aaron Rodgers is not injured, so there's no need to worry about what this offense is like without him. We saw it today, and hopefully that's the last time we see it. Not I mean, not today. Sunday. I wrote this. I wrote this on Sunday, and hopefully that's not that's the last time we have to see it, unless Aaron's not available to play next week, which he will be. I don't know if or when this team will ever be fully healthy, but when they are, it just might be over. I hate to go to conclusions like that, but I feel like this defense, this team really doesn't have any holes outside of special teams. I mean, it's just you got a great defense, great pass rush, great linebackers, great secondary with Jair Alexander. Good old line, great old line at full health. Good receivers if we get Odell. Two great running backs and the MVP at quarterback. It's just, I don't know what more you could ask for. All right, well, I'm going to take a break here, and we're going to get into a new segment called Juice's Sporkle Quiz. Yeah, I'm going to do a sports quiz for you guys today just to really show off my knowledge. So, get ready for that, and then we'll also do Juice's Hypothetical Pick 4 Parlay, and then we should be done. Disclaimer, I do a quiz on NFL MVPs. After I heard my audio, I said Vince Young instead of Steve Young. That is my mistake. Alright, this segment I'm excited for. I could either get exposed, or I could look like an absolute genius. So, the first quiz that I'm going to do... And I'm sorry if I'm overdoing the NFL stuff. It's just we're in NFL season right now, and I'm kind of on an NFL kick. We'll get into NBA eventually. Right now, we're kind of we're kind of high on NFL, so got to stick with it. We're gonna do NFL MVPs quiz. Basically, I have to name every NFL MVP in NFL history, and the only hints I get is what team they played for. So this should be good. It goes by it goes through every year, and the team that the player was on, and I just got to get it right. So, let's see how many I can do. I I kind of I did a little bit of this in an English class and I didn't get a chance to finish it, so I was like might as well finish it here. So, let's get it done. We'll start with 2020. We all know who won that. Aaron Rodgers. Got it. All right. Oh, jeez, what the heck? Sorry, my thing's kind of frozen up. All right, Aaron Rodgers, 2019 Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. 2018 Kansas City Chiefs, that was Patrick Mahomes. 
New England Patriots, Tom Brady, and that. And again, this goes. This gets all the other players MVPs because you put their names in, and then they come out. Now, obviously, this is going to get a little boring right now. But once we get to the older players, then that's when you're really going to be impressed. Atlanta Falcons, 2016, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton next. Then the 2014 was Rodgers, 2013 Manning. That gets out five MVPs, so that takes out a lot. 2012 Vikings, Adrian Peterson. San Diego Chargers, 2006, Ladanian Tomlinson. Why isn't it going in? Come on. Tom, Tom. There we go. Alright. Seahawks. Sean Alexander. 2005. 2002. Raiders. Rich Gannon. 2001. Rams. Marshall Falk. Oh, no. Sorry. not That that was Kurt Warner. 2001 was Kurt Warner. year before that was Marshall Falk. Sorry. I'm already getting... We're getting a little confused here. Alright. 1998. Denver Broncos. Terrell Davis. Not John Elway. A little late in his career. Packers Lions. That was Favre and Barry Sanders. And we also get Favre out. Favre won three. <laughs> get a lot out of the way. 1994 San Francisco 49ers. Vince Young. Dallas Cowboys 1993. Emmett Smith. Buffalo Bills 1991. Thurman Thomas. I, I thought it was Jim Kelly, but then wasn't right. Go to Thurman Thomas. 1990. 49ers. And 1989. 49ers. Joe Montana. 1988, Cincinnati Bengals. That was Boomer Esiason. 1987, Denver Broncos. John Elway. New York Giants, 1986. That was Lawrence Taylor. 1985, Los Angeles Raiders. Marcus Allen? Got it. 1984, Miami Dolphins. Dan Marino. Oh, my God. 1983. Who was that flipping kicker that won? <sighs> Shoot. Guys, we're getting into rough territory. Alright. Let's let's go. Let's go to the 1957. Alright, so Jim Brown won the first two MVPs. After that it was Johnny Unitas for the Colts. Philadelphia Eagles, nineteen sixty. Ron Jaworski. I'm hoping that's right. Shoot. Guys, I'm, I'm losing. The... Bart Starr next? Yeah, there we go. Bart Starr. Uh, Paul Horning, did he he won one? Yes, he did. Thank you very much. New York Giants, 1963. Jeez. This is... Ugh. Alright, so let's, let's, let's go here. Uh... Walter Payton, 1997. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, 1978. Terry Bradshaw, did he? Yep, there we go. 1-1. One, one. Uh, Raiders, Ken Stabler. Now, okay, right now we're literally just going through all of the ones that I've missed. So I currently I'm 50 out of 64. Uh, all right, oh, by the way, we just got, uh, we just got a notification. Green Bay Packers fined three hundred thousand dollars for violating NFL NFLPA COVID protocols. Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard fined fourteen k. Well, 
that's not good for Alan Lazard. That's a decent amount of change. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, that's pocket change. Uh, and then Green Bay fined $300,000. Again, not a big deal. I don't care. As long as there's no suspensions flying around. 1971 Minnesota Vikings. That was Alan Page, one of the only... One of two, one of two defensive players to win ever win MVP. Uh, man, guys, this is getting bad. Where am I at now? Currently, I'm 51 of 64. 1976 Baltimore Colts. 1975 Minnesota Vikings. Oh, Fran Tarkenton. Give me one. There we go. We got another one. Fran Tarkenton in 1975. 1976. I gotta get these ones. What was that kicker's name? Oh, Ken Anderson. We got Ken Anderson, 1981, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh my gosh, that kicker's name is gonna kill me. I guess. Oh, Earl Campbell? Earl Campbell for the Oilers. Nice. Nineteen and seventy nine. We got Earl Campbell. We're missing ten. There's a few I don't know. I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to get these. That kicker's name is gonna that kicker's name is gonna kill me. He there was one kicker that won an NFL MVP. He played for the Redskins and I'm not getting it. It's not coming to mind. Bills, 1973. O.J. Simpson, let's go. Nice, O.J. Simpson. So, if we got him. We're at 55 of 64. 1976, Baltimore Colts. 1970, San Francisco 49ers. I feel like I should get that one. L.A. Rams, 1969. Baltimore Colts, 1968. Don't tell me Earl Morrill won a... He did. Earl Morrill won an MVP in 1968 for the Baltimore Colts. That's who I was missing. That baffles me. I didn't know that. Uh, Joe Namath never won one. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Who is that 49ers? I, I honestly... I don't think I can name another one. I'm missing... The Cleveland Browns, 1980. I'm going to quit it out, just because this is taking way too long. Alright, let's see how I miss. Brian Sype, I did not know. Joe Theismann, I should have gotten. And then that, the 1982, Mark Mosley, that was the guy that I missed. Okay. So, the ones that I ones that I should have gotten were Joe Theismann. Mark Mosey, I would never have remembered, but I, I knew I knew it was a kicker, so I feel like I'm going to give myself that. 1960, Norm Van Brocklin, I should have gotten that. I kind of forgot he played for the Eagles, but he holds the record for most um, passing yards in a game. Y.A. Till, I probably wouldn't have gotten. I've heard, I know the name, but I wouldn't have gotten it. 1969, Roman Gabriel, wouldn't have gotten. 1970, John Brody, I wouldn't have gotten. 1976, Burt Jones, I wouldn't have gotten. So really only I really only two I should have gotten, but yeah. So I got eighty eight percent. Very happy with myself. Fifty six out of sixty four NFL MVPs. Very impressive. If I do say so myself. Alright. Lastly, 
Juice's hypothetical pick four parlay. We've had some bad luck. The past two weeks, I could have had $300. It's $300. You think about that? I can't think about it because it wouldn't. it's not real, but that would have been nice. But I have four games for you that are probably going to end up with a three out of four. So let's just... I'm going to give you four games, money line, and please, tell me what you think. Maybe go out and do them for yourself. For starters, always got to have a Packer game in there. I wouldn't have had it last week if I knew Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing, but anyways. Packers, minus three, the spread over the Seahawks. And it's not just because Aaron Rodgers is playing and is going to tear up the Seattle Seahawks secondary. It is because Russell Wilson has never, ever won in Lambeau, which is kind of odd. He usually actually has his worst games in Lambeau. He had a terrible game in 2016 in which he threw, what, like five picks? Maybe the most, I think it was the most picks he ever threw in a game in his career. And then he also lost in 2015, did not play a great game there. And then in the playoff game and two years ago, I don't remember if he, I think he played a fine game. So I, sh- I won't really count that. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, it, Russell Wilson has never won a game in Lambeau Field. And the fact that he's had his worst games in Lambeau Field and he's played at Wisconsin and he's used to the weather kind of baffles me. So I'm, I don't know. But that one I have a good feeling about Packers money line over Seahawks. Next, Eagles over Denver Broncos. Eagles are a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Denver Broncos are coming off a high. And there have been teams this year that have had great games and have led to just epic failures. It happened to the Chargers after they beat the Chiefs. And it also happened to... Packet, the, the Rams. <laughs> this the last week just fell on their faces. And I honestly like teams that fall on their faces and the next week. But anyways, I'm taking a team that... Taking a team that fought valiantly against a very good Chargers team. The Eagles are no joke. Like the Eagles can definitely play. And I know and this is in Denver, which kind of scares me because of the altitude. But the Broncos, you know, they're thinking like, oh, we got we can, we're playoff contenders. We can possibly win the AFC West. We don't need Von Miller and all this stuff. We just came off beating one of the best teams in the league. Let's just go out and take this this Eagles team. Let's just We'll take them to the woodshed, and I think the Eagles will win. Plus two and a half. I kind of like that. I kind of like that spread. I'll take it. Eagles over Broncos. Next, I'm going to go the exact opposite of what I just said. Um, the Cowboys. I'm picking the Cowboys to beat the Falcons, and I think they'll beat them comfortably. Cowboys just got done getting embarrassed by the Broncos. They had one of their worst games ever. In that it, in the you know they did have their worst game I think as in the Mike McCarthy era and anyways, I think it's even more funny that Dak Prescott had one of his worst games as a Cowboy in his entire Cowboy career, and usually I like when teams get embarrassed and they I feel like they tighten it up and especially when you're going up against a bad defense, they're gonna make sure that the that the NFL world knows who they are and the Cowboys are gonna beat the Falcons so take them, spread is minus nine. That's fine. Not too bad odds. Cowboys over Falcons. And we got the Packers over the Seahawks. And the... Uh, what is it? Uh, Falcons over Seahawks. Uh, and... Yeah. Eagles over, Eagles over Broncos. Lastly, 
So we got, we got, we got uh, two locks, one upset. How about we add another upset in there? Browns over Patriots, plus one and a half spread. I'll take the Browns to beat the Patriots. The Browns have a great team. People don't realize that. And they're forcing the Patriots, while they have a great defense and they're forcing a lot of turnovers, and Baker Mayfield can sometimes be turnover prone, I like the Browns to just establish the run. Nick Chubb ran super well last game, and uh, the Browns just extended Wyatt Teller. Brown's offensive line is still so stacked, and they still and the Browns still have a very talented defense. And Mac Jones, while he has played very good, can be very turnover prone. I think he had two turn two turnovers last week against the Panthers. He fumbled and he threw a pick to Stephon Gilmore. And I like the Browns to capitalize off those turnovers and win in Foxborough and beat the Patriots. So yeah, Browns over Patriots. Packers over Seahawks, Eagles over Broncos, and how about the Cowboys over Falcons? Give me those four, and then use this hypothetical pick four parlay. Mark it down. Don't know what the don't know what the payout is yet. Can't really tell you that. Disclosed information, but it should be a big weekend, and hopefully I don't go three out of four again and want to pull my hair out because I I really was thinking about doing that. So yeah. Uh, hopefully I can get back on a roll here, and we can, we can, you know, I'm going to help you guys try to win some bets. And if you don't bet, well, good on you. Alright, that should be it for today's episode of The Juice. I'll see you next week, Tuesday, when I interview Chevalier Ice Emery. No special guest today, but next week's guest should be pretty good. See you around. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm pretty cool. My nitty bag, my candy boots. I got the juice, I got the juice. Ten old Adams on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my.